Today is Wednesday, October 11th, and I am Grace's dad. My name is Scott Shera, and I got into this fight and maybe war battle. I don't know what the proper term is, but I got into this because of my daughter Grace's death, ultimately realizing she was murdered. And then that started a path of advocacy and research and ultimately a lawsuit and all kinds of things that I never thought I would do in my life. And now I probably have 2,500 hours of research in and have put this series together to document uh, in one place everything that I've learned so far. And I say so far because the process of deprogramming yourself is a long one and uh, I am waking up in real time. So I appreciate everybody who is following our story very much. Today is Wednesday, October 11th. It's the right in the middle of the toughest week of our family's uh, life. My son Travis took his life by suicide on October 9th, five years ago, and Grace died by hospital murder October 13th, two years ago. So with that being said, uh, that is, um, that's where we're at you know, today. It's a tough, it's a very tough week. All right, a couple of things by way of introduction. Don, can you just bring the first slide up and then I'll use that as my uh, introduction. So today we're going to talk about when did this all begin? And I'm going to show you that it began in the garden and it is on steroids today. What we've been doing so far, we're going through a systematic process of researching to prove that medical murder is in fact the number one cause of death in the United States. And it's by design. It's not by accident. It's not by um, all of a sudden we did something uh, that we made a mistake with. So it's not malpractice. It is literal murder and it is by design. So a few things for those of you who haven't um, been following, this, all of this information is on Grace's website. So, and, and then some. So what's going on is we put a tab on the website on the left-hand side that says medical murder is the number one cause of death by design. And then all the monocasts that I'm doing, so this is number five in the series, all the monocasts are there, the research notes, the slides, uh, and more because I can't put it all together for a short PowerPoint presentation. So I put all the research in outline format with the links and everything. I don't want you to believe me. What I'm hoping is that by watching something like this, it motivates you to dig a little bit further. And so I've given you some of that information. You're going to go on your own rabbit trails and, and find some things on your own too, just like I did. But I've given you a lot more if you go to Grace's website. Uh, then the show notes will have the PowerPoint link in. You don't have to take any screenshots. I'm just looking at my notes to make sure I've got everything. We went through the website, the overview. Um, so then what's going on prior? So what have we covered so far? We covered who, they're all in on it, then what, and the what is the eugenics philosophy that's been embedded in our culture, and then where, and we've, in that particular series, proved that the United States is Mystery Babylon. Of course, that's my opinion. And uh, then we talked about uh, after we did, so who, what, where, why, so last time was why, which I consider the most important, which is the esoteric spiritual agenda, because that really gives you the, the basis for what is going on. Why is this all happening? Now, today, I would consider the second most important because we're going to drill down the esoteric agenda to exoteric agendas. And so you can see what they do 
to uh, program us with these esoteric dialectics. So that's our introduction. Last time we talked about, as I said, the esoteric agenda. Um, we're going to go through that just in review after I give the opening slide. So the second slide, Don, we if you bring that up, this is the slide we've been going through every single time. And I just want to make sure everybody understands we've been programmed from every angle. You can't stop it unless you choose to get out of the system. All right, then the third slide. This was the starting point when I realized that I wanted to put this research all in one place is you start looking at just simple facts. So the first fact that that I saw many months ago was the United States was the number one country in the world with hospital deaths in the COVID 39 month COVID era. And we have 1.2 million hospital deaths. The second country in the world was India with only 531,000, yet their population is four times that of the United States. So that gets your mind thinking, what, what the heck is going on? And so you look at some just simple historic facts to, to at least get this to be believable for somebody who's a skeptic. We know that historically, uh, heart disease is the number one leading cause of death. Uh, at 700,000. We know that cancer is number two at 600,000. And then medical malpractice was even admitted by the CDC at 400,000, number three. So what I've learned is that medical malpractice, while it is real, is not even close to the number of deaths that are um, that are classified as medical malpractice. Most of them are medical murder because hastening death, speeding up somebody's death is in fact murder. Last week, we helped uh, rescue a 56-year-old Down syndrome man out of in a uh, hospital in Wisconsin. And what they told the family is that he's already lived his life. You know, he's not going to be productive. Let's get him into hospice care. And thankfully, we have billboards in the area. The family contacted me and I explained what all of you already know to them. And, you know, they were somewhat awake, but they really got awake with that call. And fortunately, believe me, and put a stop to it. The hospital has a financial incentive to move somebody to hospice care before they kill them, because then it does that death doesn't account account against their official hospital death numbers. So you see that is an example of a medical murder that would never be logged any place. It would just look like, oh, he died of natural causes in hospice care, yet the hospital was trying to force the family to put him in hospice care. And after talking with them, they made the statement and then somebody stood with him and was with, their, with him 24 seven until they got him out that no, we're, we want him to live. We're not going to submit to this uh, transfer to hospice care to watch him die. All right, so then we jump to the current facts, and we know that there's an all-cause mortality increase of those who took the bioweapon, which is disguised as a vaccine, of 24%. So you have a 24% increase in the odds of dying after you've got the jab that compared to somebody who didn't before COVID. All right, so then the all-cause mortality in the population has increased by 13% because of the whole COVID bioweapon. So COVID is, you know, it's been disguised as a virus. Uh, it is a 
bioweapon poison that was uh, unleashed on the population instant instituted by the United States. And there's a 13% all-cause mortality increase of the whole population. That's 371,000 deaths a year. So if you just add the 371,000 to the 400,000 before COVID annually, you get to almost 800,000 deaths, which clearly just with that simple math makes medical murder the number one cause of death in the United States. All right, well, let's jump in. The next slide is just the introduction to the deceptive exoteric strategies. And what we, we're going to go right to the next slide, Don. So last time we covered the real agenda, the esoteric battle for, for souls. This is by way of review. And what I showed is that Satan uses these um, dialectics to get us on the wrong road. So he offered the tree of knowledge, God offered the tree of life and then we now we have this competition between satan and god for our souls uh, that is going on in in real time satan is using the esoteric beasts systems the antichrist system and the false prophet system so everything he does is within those two systems the evil side is the antichrist system the less evil side is the false prophet system and it makes him look like the good guy coming in to save us so all the things that he does is under this entire evil side and you're going to see a whole bunch of those today as we walk through this all right let's go to the next slide don so i consider satan's favorite tool for propaganda, esoteric dialectics, or excuse me, exoteric dialectics. Well, now we go back to, if we don't make mistakes in this thing, people don't think we're real. So exoteric means that we can easily see them if you're paying attention. Esoteric is behind the scenes. So the real agenda is the esoteric agenda. That's proceeding because we don't notice it because we get stuck in these dialectic traps, these exoteric dialectic traps. All right. so. Let's uh, go to the next slide. This one is it really lays the, the groundwork. So what's going on? We have a 6,000-year second law of thermodynamics project in the works. And Satan's first deception, as we discussed last time, is by pursuing knowledge, you'll be like God. And, you know, that keeps going. And it's what's going on today is that... Um, He's using dialectics. Dialectics are deceptive tools used to get us thinking about things in an evil versus less evil paradigm where both sides ignore God, although they often reference God in being, quote, the light, end quote. The method uses perceived opposing forces. It's really critical you see this perceived uh, meant to deceive us. Dialectics can either eso be esoteric, easily seen in common, or esoteric, not public and hidden. Satan masterfully uses the Hegelian dialectic model, problem-reaction-solution to deceive us to look to man's ways and ignore God. God's ways are always outside of these false paradigms. Once you are in the trap, you stop looking to God. So what's going on? Satan has had a long time to perfect his lies and has sown plenty of them. He had to convince us that by making knowledge an idol, we would be like God. Knowledge of what? We saw last time and why knowledge of man and the planet. Why is there such an increase in knowledge today? I believe it's because Satan knows his time is short, so the dialectics have increased. And why does he know his time is short? He knows the Bible better than any man who's ever walked the face of the earth other than Jesus Christ. Why do we so fall so easily to these traps? 
It's because we've been programmed to believe that good triumphs over evil. While that statement is true, only God is good. Satan has tricked us to believe that less evil is good and man by nature is good. He first did this in the garden as recorded in Genesis 3, 5, quote, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil, end quote. But we can't blame the programming. Our sinful nature to be like God was exposed in the garden and is part of each of our desires. We want to be like God versus submitting to him. Satan offered the tree of knowledge as the path to be like God. God offered wisdom, the tree of life. Jesus is the truth and the only path to the Father. The pursuit of knowledge has become an idol and a barrier to the truth. All right, so that sets the stage for our discussion. Uh, what does God say about all of these various traps? Let's go to the next slide, Don. He's got plenty to say, and I've, I've only captured a few things right here. But uh, in Daniel 12, 4, this is regarding the increase in knowledge today. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Matthew 7, 15 through 18. Watch out for excuse me. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So there is good and evil, and there is... God gives us the tools to discern between both. All right, let's go to the next slide, Don. So we've been programmed all based on one lie, the lie that by obtaining knowledge will be like God. And so in this world, the Antichrist system tells us that cleverness is the key to success in this world, where in God's economy, the tree of life, humbleness is the key to success in his kingdom. God told us Satan is the prince of this world, and we are seeing that in spades today. All right, let's go through a couple simple examples to get us started. Go to the next slide, Don. So these deceptions, what they do is they get us to not trust God. So we end up getting involved with these deceptions and all of a sudden we think that's the truth. So I'm going to go through a couple, these three examples first, and then we're going to play a short clip. All right. So the most common one we hear all the time is liberal versus conservative in our country. It's called Democrat versus Republican. So what's the dialectic? Uh, we believe the government saves us. And, you know, when you look at all of the information on the media sources, the alphabet networks and the public media, you see roughly 50% of their time is invested in politics. I mean, what a complete waste of time. All right, then we have CNN and Newsmax and the dialectic is believing the truth comes from media. So of course there's way more than CNN and Newsmax, but I put those two out there because we obviously know CNN has a liberal slant 
and Newsmax has a conservative slant. But we see, you know, I, I, I see it in, in differently now that my eyes are open. I mean, I see Newsmax has become the uh, source of information to promote Trump, uh, where CNN becomes the source of information to produce, promote all kinds of nefarious things. But they're all in on it. So don't be thinking one is better than the other. Remember, this is evil versus less evil. All right, so then the last one, a woman's right to choose versus no abortion, except for. So that's the common way that this dialectic is presented, that you know a woman has the right to choose, and then the people who don't believe that say, no, we're against abortion except for, and they list exceptions. So the dialectic that we end up accepting if we accept that that um, paradigm is that murder is okay. It's just a matter of degree. So these debates are all part of larger agendas, and we get involved in these smaller traps, uh, which end up getting us to um, doubt or not trust God. So we're going to play a short clip from Alexandra. Those of you who aren't familiar with her, I was introduced to her uh, about um, probably a between a year and a half, two years ago, and she really has got some good material. And she gives us a great introduction to this business of dialectics. And we're going to go through a few more. All right, so go ahead and play that clip, Don, please. Why is it important to learn how this game is played? Because it makes up our shared reality. We live in it whether we play the game or not. If you're unaware of the game going on, how do you know you're not participating? By knowing the rules of the game and the way it works, you won't be deceived into playing any longer. This is a spiritual battlefield with eternal consequences. And if you don't know what you're up against, you won't be able to defend yourself or help anyone else out of this deception. The goal of this game is not money, it is not control. They already have all of that. This is a soul world war. And if Lucifer can keep you in the game, your soul is in his tally. Lucifer uses every trick in the book to steal and cheat his way to the top to play God and to spite God. Things don't always go smoothly or play out perfectly. Lucifer is not God. He's not omnipresent, all-powerful, and he's not all-seeing, as the all-seeing eye wants to make us believe. That is a lie. But no one is exempt from this game unless you have made the decision to say, I want out, and I know the one who is the way, the truth, and the life and he's the only one who can get me out of this game. True reality does not exist outside this game for anyone except those who have made that decision. All right, so let's jump into the next slide. We're just gonna, I'm gonna pick two that might surprise you. Uh, so this slide is a whole bunch of these dialectics, but I wanna pick a couple that I think will surprise you. So uh, first, just so we see the dialectic COVID, obviously the problem, the solution, the vaccine, you know, we can all see that we're not blind anymore to that. But look at right below, two lines below that, pharma, uh, chemicals cause disease, that's the problem. And then the solution, ivermectin. So why am I saying that's evil versus less evil? Because it still presumes that big pharma, big medicine is part of the solution. Ivermectin is a med. And so it's not that using ivermectin is bad. That's not the point. But we, if we get into that dialectic, it assumes that we're still in the medical dialectic, meaning that medicine is our savior. So that's why I put that one there to, to show it. The other one that I want to 
show is critical race theory versus pledge of allegiance again evil versus less evil all right so critical race theory obviously we know that's bad but when you start talking to people about pulling their kids out of school they will even make the excuse well my school still says the pledge of allegiance all right so why is that less evil well we can't pledge a allegiance to a flag that is not what this is about we can only pledge our allegiance to god so when you look at these um, dialectics in the framework of god's economy you can see god's way is always outside of this evil versus less evil paradigm that they want us to buy into so that we take our eyes off of god all right so we're going to do something um that we haven't done before we're going to do a a live quiz so let's go to the next slide don so i've got i don't even know i didn't number the questions so we're going to walk through each one of these so keep a tally of what you think true or false and then we're going to go through the answers next so you see i have what do you believe and each of these are about what you believe about certain statements and the reason that's that is important is because if you drill down what is the cause of all of our actions it is what we believe if we believe x we do y it's like one plus one equals two it has to be that way so if we if we do something and say we believe something else then our feet aren't matching our words and we're called a liar so our beliefs motivate our actions so if you have grounded beliefs you're going to have grounded actions all right so let's go through these so true or false finders keepers losers weepers true or false you can look but not touch we're going to go through the answers next so just keep your tally uh true or false poor morale is a sign of poor management true or false god helps those who help themselves true or false god won't give us more than we can handle true or false love is a feeling same question but love is a choice true or false right and wrong matter true or false the world would be a better place if everyone followed the ten commandments true or false if you don't like what you are doing do something about it True or false, believe Jesus is your savior and you will go to heaven. True or false, God wants me to read my Bible daily. True or false, Satan tempted Jesus by saying, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. All right, so you've got your answers logged and I'm gonna tell you that every single one of these are false other than one. So let's go to the answer slide, Don, and we'll cover we'll cover uh, each one of them. All right, so finders, keepers, losers, weepers, what does God say? Ill-gotten gains are not from God. If you can look but don't touch, God tells us to avoid temptation. Poor morale is a sign of poor management. No, it's a sign of blaming man management, and God doesn't have blaming in his uh, economy. He always has a consequence for us blaming. God helps those who help themselves. That's a very common phrase, but it's from Satan. Uh, and the fact is he can only help those who give up on themselves. So then he's ready to go. Once we're taken to zero, that's when God helps us. God won't give us more than we can handle. Another lie sown by Satan. He always gives us more than we can handle. So we turn to him. He can handle it all. Love is a feeling. And, you know, what God says about emotions is that the, our emotions lead to sin. He's not against emotions, but emotions are a result. We use our emotions to implement 
what we're supposed to do, but we don't get swayed by our, our emotions, fear being the most common. Love is a choice. If love is the greatest commandment, do you believe you can love like God loves by choosing without surrendering? You know, grace really taught me, uh, taught me that one. Um, you know, Grace's favorite scripture verse was 1 John 4, 8, God is love. And, you know, to truly love like God does, um, you have to put all selfishness aside. And, you know, our choice, standing on our choice is the pinnacle of selfishness. Uh, right and wrong matter. Uh, what God cares about is the why. So he wants the why to motivate our choice of right and wrong. So a person, a common example I, I like to share is if you saw that a man gave a million dollars away to charity, we would tend to judge that as good. Uh, but that isn't how God looks at it. He wants to know why did the man give the million dollars away to charity? Was it for self-promotion? Uh, was it to, to promote his business? Was it a tax deduction? What was the reason? And so the action is never good or bad it's the heart that's good or bad uh, the world would be a better place if everyone followed the ten commandments well yeah no brainer but that doesn't make it so that more people go to heaven uh, if you don't like what you're doing doing something about it and god's economy if you don't have peace repent because there's something that is causing that we should if in god's economy we should have joy and peace with whatever we do believe in jesus and you go to heaven uh, that's the cheap grace gospel, and that's only a glimpse of the whole gospel message. So it is a piece of the puzzle, but not the whole thing. God wants me to read my Bible daily. We already really talked about this. Anything not from the Holy Spirit is sin. He cares why. So if it is you feel you have to, there are no have to conditions in God's economy. And then last, of course, is true. Um, Satan did tempt Jesus, and he's tempting us in the same way, one small step at a time. And that's what these dialectics are showing. All right, let's go to the conclusion slide, Don. So our desire for knowledge makes us easy targets of deception. Grounded beliefs are essential to guard against the enemy's tactics. All right, we'll go to the open slide of part two of this presentation. And so I'm, I want to share that there's a much larger satanic picture. So we've gone through some relatively simple dialectics to get you in the frame of mind. Uh, let's go to the next slide to give some background, Don. All right. So Satan attempts to copy and imitate God. The Antichrist system tricks us to obey by focusing on our choice with the goal of security and comfort. The false prophet system for those who obey and survive. God's, excuse me, God doesn't control or use fear to motivate. He offers salvation freely and those who accept obey out of a heart change. God sanctifies us through obedience, producing freedom, joy, and peace. In Satan's system, the illusion of freedom combined with fear produces obedience resulting in slavery. Okay, with that background, let's go to the next slide and talk about some big lies that Satan has sown. All right, so did God really say? So in the garden, we know that that was the first line of propaganda. So Satan is the original inventor of propaganda, and that was his first line of propaganda. Did God really say? Well, he's done that a, a number of times. I've just picked a few here. Uh, when I look at scripture in its entirety, there's a lot more than what's here. So 
Did God really say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die in Genesis 3.3? What did that lead to? It led to the pursuit of knowledge, dialectic, and moral relativism, which was necessary for man's quest to be like God. So what is the result? You can't trust God. You have to trust in man. Did God really say be fruitful and multiply in Genesis 1.28? And so this is, again, meant to get us to doubt God. So that led to the dialectic of managing people on the planet that we are experiencing today, which was necessary for the Antichrist system to take root. Uh, we talked about that in a fair amount of length last time. Did God really say only the Father knows? That's in Mark 3.32. That led to focus on eschatology dialectics of the church, which that's going rampant today, uh, especially with the uh, new war with Israel, uh, which leads to lukewarm teaching of Romans 13 and 14, leading being led astray by the false prophet system because the church is not preaching the truth. Uh, then did God really say all have sinned? I and mean, this doesn't seem like everybody has sinned. I mean, even a baby. And, you know, that seems to be these common arguments. But what happens is if you start questioning that, then you think, okay, I really can't believe what God says. So that led the, to the dialectic that man is inherently good, which was necessary to be able to accomplish the evil agenda right in front of our eyes, because we can't believe, you're going to see this in, in one of the things I drill down later on, that you know, we can't believe the world or people could be this evil. And then last, did God really say that he created everything in and on the earth in six days in Genesis 1, 3 through 31. Well, that led to the evolution dialectic, which ultimately leads to no accountability to the creator, and which means that God doesn't really exist. All right, let's go to the next one. All right, so now that uh, we understand that Satan preys on our desire for self-rule, the Antichrist system has three major esoteric components or traps, law, religion to control, and money to motivate. We have been deceived to believe that by following these three tricks, we'll obtain security and comfort. The second beast is the false prophet, giving the illusion of providing this exchange, substituting for the great exchange. It's a bad trade. So I was remembered when I wrote this, and that's why I have this in, in, in a parentheses, the, the dime for a nickel trick. So if you had an older sibling, a lot of them pulled this trick. What's interesting is that they're going to be able to pull this trick anymore because people don't even know the difference between a dime and a nickel. Uh, it, you know, my wife was at a checkout this last week, and he, he, she gave the checkout eighty cents, and he couldn't count it. Um, she gave him, she gave him two quarters and three dimes. He didn't know how much it was. Anyway, so maybe this will fall on deaf ears. But you know, the idea that okay, your younger brother has a dime, you have a nickel, and then you convince them, hey. Don't you want this nickel? It's bigger than your dime. I'll take that dime off your hands. You can have the bigger nickel. And of course, after you realize a couple of years later, when you know the difference, you give them a punch in the arm for tricking you. All right. So that's my, my sidebar of humor for today. All right. So what does God teach about each one of these? Well, regarding money, he teaches for the love of money is the root of all evil. Regarding the law, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point, he is guilty of breaking all of it. So we cannot use the law to save us. Religion, 
Uh, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And I have the scripture reference for each one of these. Uh, regarding security and comfort, you shall have no other gods before me. And I'm making the statement over on the right that Jesus was the most anti-religious person to ever walk the face of the earth. Why? Because he was the most faithful. Religion and faith, faith are opposites. Religion is man's way to reconcile with God. Faith is God's way to reconcile with man. All right. So now we've got, um, we'll go to the next slide. And I want to show how the vaccine PSYOP uses all four of these elements and how the temptation of the beast system then is, or systems is constantly at our doorstep. So I'm off of COVID now. We're talking about the vaccine agenda as a PSYOP overall. So all vaccines are out of sight of God's economy. So in man's economy, in the beast system, the vaccine agenda was used to trick us that vaccines save us. And as we have found out, when you start digging into what's really going on, no vaccine has ever been tested. All right. So the love of money, the agenda incentivizes physicians to kill or lose their paycheck. Regarding the law, physicians kill or lose their license if they don't follow standards of care. They die by the law, which obviously they're going to be held accountable to God if they uh, don't have a heart change. So that's how they die by the law. Anybody who's trying to follow, follow the law, religion to reconcile with God, it, it, it will never work. Uh, then they're also motivated by the law, but the fear of the lawsuit, if the patient dies, if they recommend anything other than the government protocols, the government pro protocols give them immunity from liability. Uh, re the religious piece of it, I already referenced, vaccines save us, standards of care save us. Ultimately, that means the whole medical industrial complex saves us versus God. And security and comfort, this is where we're all guilty. We tend to want security and comfort. The, the childhood vaccines allow me to have a comfortable life, allowing the public fool system to raise and indoctrinate my children because they have to have their childhood vaccines to submit to that antichrist system to indoctrinate them on all kinds of foolishness. All right, so our conclusion slide, our desire for our own way opens the door to all kinds of deception. All right, so then what about uh, dialectics within dialectics? Let's go to our next open slide. This is a fairly big deal because we're right now we've only looked at dialectics as esoteric and exoteric, and we've only looked at one level deep dialectics. But as you start going into rabbit holes, you see, oh my gosh, this thing is, there's layers. There's layers upon layers. So let's start with COVID. We'll go to the next slide. So the COVID PSYOP for me proved that medical murder was designed. So that enters, now I start entering into this world of the matrix and you start being red pilled and, and, and you start going into these rabbit holes. Well, that's what's been happening with me and I'm trying to share it when, when I can on these podcasts. So we keep chasing the evil because we can't accept this was the goal. And I see this now virtually every day. I mean, people are announcing, okay, the mRNA technology is in breast milk. 
the administration knew that people were going to have heart attacks all the way in May of 2021. Uh, There's going to be a heart condition for everybody who took the jab. Okay, yeah, no kidding. That was the goal. And it was the goal esoterically. And it's to keep us focused on COVID. We can't get off of it. And esoterically, uh, because it, it, if we focus on, to have us focus on the chase and expose evil sets up the big solution of the false prophet system, the angel of light. So esoterically, COVID is working brilliantly because we're focus on, focusing on it so we don't focus on what's really happening. And then uh, exoterically, it keeps us in this box because we want to keep exposing evil without realizing that was the goal. All right, so then I put this in an illustration form. Let's go to the next slide, Don. Okay, so first, remember esoteric dialectics like COVID fit into the larger esoteric dialectic. That's what I just got done saying. What's the larger esoteric dialectic? COVID is one of the many things as we start seeing is exposing evil. What's the reaction of the population? Fear. What's the solution? Security and comfort. Getting order out of chaos. We've already seen this playbook throughout history. The most recent is with the September 11th uh, false flag. Uh, obviously, the whole country is in a panic. Uh, the reaction was fear and the solution of security and comfort. Oh, we've got to we've got to monitor everybody to protect our country from terrorists. So then we gave up our a whole bunch of rights, and so they could legally, you know, on purpose they set this in motion to legally take complete control. All right. So that playbook has happened before. It's going to happen again, um, and esoterically, it has to happen in God's economy because He already wrote it in the book of revelation all right so then if we are on the left side which is the evil versus less evil esoteric dialectic everything on that side is evil all of it's evil so then we have multiple esoteric dialectics a whole bunch of them so the pandemic scamdemic whatever you want to call it you know we have dialectics within dialectics so we've got was this a uh virus that came from a bat was it a lab leak you know so they get us in that so then we don't realize well it's a poison well then we realize okay it's a poison but we're still now want to prove oh my gosh they did this on purpose and you got to remember it was all by design so we're trapped we're trapped in the red side which ultimately that trap leads to death and so that's what i'm showing with this spiritual ballot battle illustrated slide all right so then the next one i can't seem to get out of the game because what happens and you know, I saw this as you know, proceeding with Grace's story and case and everything else. It's like, okay, now that I realize that COVID is a psyop and it was on purpose. All right, well, let's go to the next uh, fishbowl, which is the Antichrist legal system. So I can't believe the results. So let's go to the the legal system. We're going to hold them accountable. And you know, most people know we have a lawsuit. We have the first jury trial in our country. The goal of that lawsuit is to shed light on evil. We're using the antichrist legal system to shed light on evil. And that's why we're investing the time and energy to be able to 
um, use something like a lawsuit to shine light on what is really going on. And not just the evil with medical murder, but the evil with the system. And I'm going to read a couple of things. Uh, you know, these are in the notes that are on the website. So what happens is you end up with laws in that system to protect their own kind, but not you. And I want to hit a couple of these right now. So what we found out in Wisconsin, I'm reading from my notes here now, these are all on the outline on Grace's website. So we find out, you know, first of all, we have a right to life. So the state constitution says, right, you know, in the opening line that we have a right to life. So Grace had a right to life. And then it also says that that the legislature shall make no law that takes away from that right. Yet they do. They make these laws, they're all, all these laws are illegal. So what's an example? Uh, they lay out informed consent in the state statutes. All right, so what is the purpose of laying out informed consent? I mean, we already know in God's economy, what does informed consent look like? Love the other person like you'd want to love yourself. So wouldn't, you know, if you, if, if you're a doctor, wouldn't you want your patient to know what's going on? You need a law to lay out what informed consent is and when there's exceptions. No, you would, you'd want to make sure your, your patient knew what's going on. Well, what's interesting about laying out that law is not only do they lay it out, but it has no teeth. They give the teeth to what's called the medical examining board. The medical examining board is a subset of the Department of Safety and Professional Services, which is um, the dialectic is that they're there to protect the public you and me from these nasty doctors. But yet, who makes up the medical examining board? It's 13 people, 10 of which are doctors, and three are lay people. So just wrap your head around this. It has no teeth, and then the people who are supposed to enforce it are their own. Uh, another one is the there's no battery uh, statute. So, you know, they assume anytime a doctor does anything, it's malpractice, which means negligence. So it just was an accident. It's assumed because they have statute after statute that lay out all these things that you have to follow and there's limits to liability and all kinds of things. Yet they have no statute on when somebody is medically murdered, a battery. And so what's the reason? I mean, so how do you prosecute under that situation well that's you know that's what our legal case is about so uh, on october 30th the the argument for our battery claim is going to be presumably heard there's a hearing scheduled and you know that's the main claim that we want to get so that the public can hear the the entire story of what goes on in a hospital to hopefully wake some people up so those are just simple examples um what's interesting somebody wrote me uh, in fact, it was Robert Pazer, the man who Cindy and I rescued out of a hospital in no, last November. He wrote me and said, Scott, you know, it's interesting that this um, medical malpractice statute, what it does would attract doctors who are criminal in nature or the lazy doctors because the good doctors don't need a statute to protect them. And of course, he's spot on. And it, I have a link uh, at the bottom. They can legally kill us. I wrote this paper where I, I looked at the, the legal system and the literal crossing of every T and dotting of every I and came to the conclusion that by law, they can legally kill us. All right, so then uh, so then what? Now we, we burn out with the legal system. So since the Antichrist legal system at best bleeds you dry and takes years while people 
continue to be murdered, you finally chase changing laws in the antichrist legislative system. So I've had people approach me, how about we put Grace's law together? Uh, I was in Madison a couple of weeks ago to testify at a hearing um, in for our business. And I thought, uh, you know, why I'm down there since I'm driving, let's see if I can get a couple of legislators together to talk about um, this informed consent having no teeth and the um, illegal do not resuscitate order. Guess what? No, nobody wanted to meet not one no one would even meet with me uh so it's interesting to me um that that would be the case the excuse is that well the hospitals got lobbies and we want to see how the court situation works out in the meantime people are being murdered so we can't get involved with the legislative system to fix things in fact the legislative system is is in on it so uh, I had mentioned before when Tom Renz and several people are, are calling for a congressional investigation. Well, how does Congress how does Congress investigate themselves? They're the ones who are in on this. And so then, you know, I look, you know, when I look at this whole fraudulent election thing through the eyes of dialectics, I say, oh, my gosh, they they expose fraudulent elections have been going on for decades. But it gets exposed now. Why? It's another trap to get us. We got to fix these elections. We got to have, okay, well, all the elections are rigged. So what's the purpose of even wasting time fixing them other than to spin us out, focusing on man's solution instead of God's solution? All right. So let's go to the closing slide of this one. The conclusion, Satan has the long view in play and knows the second law of thermodynamics. And in, in terms of the second law of thermodynamics, it's the slippery slope. Faith ends up becoming religion through the slippery slope. Grace becomes legalism. God on the throne becomes man can do anything. So we, if we don't protect our godly positions, they erode. Uh, the order that God gives us always leads to disorder, the slippery slope. Uh, we have become the boiling frog 6,000 years in the making. Disorder and chaos is part of the plan. This way, Satan can look like a savior, bringing the less evil angel of light to restore order. Power back to the people sounds great, but is the last piece needed to snap the complete control grid into place? When we realize we can't win, excuse me, when will we realize we can't win in this rigged game? And that is the real question. You've got to come to grips with, okay, we can't win here. And then, you know, because of the war, I added this PS, uh, because all wars, you know, you can, I don't want you to trust me on this either, but I haven't gone into this rabbit hole yet enough that I can present on it. But uh, I have come to believe that all wars have been started by the globalists, at least since uh, 1900, probably way before that. Uh, so how about starting a war to really stir the pot? All right, let's uh, go to our closing section. Has God had enough of this? All right, so are we just at a historical phase? Let's go to the next slide, Don. There's been um, a number of historians that have documented a pattern of history of civilization. So uh, we'll just walk through this. I don't believe this is true right now, and the last uh, clip will show you why. So it, how civilizations start is they start in bondage. That starts leading to spiritual growth. Spiritual growth leads to great courage. Courage leads to liberty, liberty to abundance, abundance. So once we have abundance, we get lazy. Abundance to complacency, complacency to apathy, apathy to dependence, 
And you know, if you look at the United States, clearly we're at uh, seven and eight, and then dependence back to bondage. And we're in bondage to the Antichrist, the government. We're in complete bondage right now. Next time we're going to talk about how did they pull this off. All right, so what do I think is happening? Let's go to the next slide, Don. I don't think it's just a historical phase. I think this is different than uh, World War II or any time in in modern history um, because of the spirit of the age. I'm not going to go through that detail now because the clip will do it. Jamie does a great job, better than I could do explaining this. So Don, can you play that clip right now, please? I cannot overstress the lateness of the hour. And here's what I go to that most people, you know, it's not their their common go-to for discerning the lateness of the hour, right? They want to look at the objective stuff like astrocatastrophism, volcanism, earthquakes in diverse places, right? Famines, pestilence, disease, kind of those wars, rumors of wars, right? There's kind of all these little checkboxy things that, that we can look at to go, oh yeah, we're in the end times. I'm like, yeah, bro, but you could have said that in all kinds of different aspects of history. Um, just for your listeners, they don't know my background being in Marine Corps infantry and law enforcement, you know, and doing technical rescue and tactical EMS type stuff. But actually what I got my degree in besides law enforcement was history and more importantly, comparative history. So when I look at things from like an actual historic, a level of historicity, right? A historical context. I go, you could have said any one of these indicators at any other point in time in history. I mean, World War II being the most prevalent aspect that people look at, they would have been like, undoubtedly, that that is the Antichrist, the Jews are being slaughtered, the whole world is at war, right? Like, economies are collapsing all over the place. Uh, the man of perdition is very obviously on the scene. I mean, you you would have been utterly convinced that it was the end times, and yet it wasn't, right? And so, not to dismiss that being the setting, the stage for what I believe now is the lateness of the hour, but when I look at it objectively, to me, the indicator of truly the lateness of the hour is the spirit of the age. The spirit of the age is actually what's spoken to more than any of those objective, scientifically, you know, com compiled algorithmic types of aspects of indicators of the of the end times. You know, I mean, you can see the infographs of earthquakes, of astrocatastrophism, of, uh, you know, earth sciences and, and changes in earth sciences, uh, even the advent of technology, AI, quantum computer, right? D-wave quantum computer and all these different aspects. The, the uptick in transhumanism, I mean, huge, right? Even the the rediscovery, I say rediscovery, if anybody knows what's going on, antediluvian world, right? Pre-flood world, uh, Genesis 6 on type of narrative. The rediscovery of DNA was as early as the mid-80s, right? This this ability, and, now, and by now, we're already at a point with CRISPR-Cas9 and other technologies where we can easily cut and paste, and we know about the viable hybridization of different uh, cross-species, cross-species genetic amalgamations, not to mention human-animal hybridization. So that's going on in real time. I mean, these are mega indicators, right? The late, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, so she'll be the coming of the Son of the Man. And again, I know there's layers to that, So, uh, but the spirit of the age, to me, is the number one indicator of how late the hour is. And when I speak to the spirit of the age, it doesn't matter if you're looking at 
1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 2 Peter, uh, the book of Jude. If you're looking at Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, right? The whole book of Revelation. If you're looking at Daniel 7 through Daniel 12, you're looking at aspects of Jeremiah, aspects of Nahum, Zephaniah. I mean, but a lot of books that people typically, sadly, they don't even dig into in their Bible, which you should be digging into all of it. Side note, dig into all the word, right? So like, it's... It's the spirit of the age is a central theme that Christ addressed in the Gospels and that the writers of the epistles addressed was the spirit of the age. And more in particular, what they were speaking to is not necessarily the spirit of the unbelieving world. Unbelievers are unbelievers, right? Like carnality is carnality, flesh is flesh. Men devoid of the right restrictions of God that lead to freedom are going to devour, self-loathe, self-hate, self-exalt, self-esteem, self-justify, self-righteous. They're going to self-everything, right? That's, that's, that's the curse of the fall, right? Genesis 3. But when you look at the Gospels and the Epistles, the, the number one thing that was spoken to was the spirit of the Christians. The church age, the church age, the church age. All those letters were written to the churches. All the letters in the book of Revelation are written to the churches. Christ Jesus was speaking to his disciples. Listen, gents, this is what you can anticipate seeing, right? So like when you look at the totality of the lateness of the hour, it's the centrality. The, the central theme is the spirit of the Christians. They will be the lovers of self. They'll be proud, boastful, arrogant, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. See, there's a cosmic usurpation. They will have the form of godliness, but deny the power thereof, have nothing to do with such people, right? It's, it's the church where he says, hey, listen, like they will deliberately forget, deliberately. So it is a willful disobedient. It is a willful affront against God. They will deliberately forget that the same God that judged the earth with the deluge is coming again to judge it with fire, right? It says that they will not tolerate sound doctrine. They'll tolerate anything, dude. Like, dude, we're so woke, man. Love wins. Love doves. Crazy love. Love, love. Right? Like, it's all about this, like, counterfeit, like, insanity of love, which is no love. They're devouring each other out there, right? Has It's totally devoid of a thought, authentic love because it's devoid of selflessness. It's selfish. It's self-aggrandizing. It's self-seeking. It's narcissistic love. They will be intolerant, right? Like, they will tolerate everything but not sound doctrine. And it says, actually, they will reject the gospel or reject sound teaching. They will reject the word in its totality. And instead, they will devote themselves to the doctrines of demons. So think about this. There's this cosmic exchange that the church does. The cosmic exchange that is going on right now in real time among the Christians and not just Western centric, not just evangelical, fishing, you know, Americanized hyper uh, narcissistic Christian Bethel Hill song, blah, 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 you know, NAR or social justice or progressivism or Torah observance or whatever. Like, take your pick, dude. Wherever the pendulum is swinging, I tell people, I'm like, dude, I feel like Napoleon Dynamite playing tetherball by myself. And I just want to hulk out and like smash the ball because it's like this tetherball is going to all these doctrines of men, all these mythos and these genealogies and these these teachings of men and, and their doctrines of demons. They're literally doctrines of demons having the form of godliness to deny the power thereof. And every single one of these movements is smashing the ball around and around and around. I want to hulk out like Napoleon and make that ball actually wrap the pulp because the sinner is Christ Jesus. See, that's what, what's not sufficient for any of these people. 
Christ alone is not sufficient. It's my dates. It's my times. It's my cosmology. It's my shape of the earth. It's my pre-trib. It's my post-trib. It's my preterism. It's my, you know, dominionism. It's my, uh, you know, ridiculous laughter. It's my grave soaking. It's my social justice wokeism, progressivism. It's my, I mean, you name it, dude. It's everything but All right, Christ. let's go to the conclusion. So, by the way, Don isn't the one who made the mistake. I was. All right, so the conclusion, we accept dialectics because we have rejected God. God is judging America. We keep participating in Satan's system, blind to the reality that we are in the days of Noah. Uh, this quote is from 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 through 12. Quote, for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Will you make the choice to submit to God and get out of the game before it's too late? And I want to end on this personal note before we go to the concluding slide to introduce uh, part six next week. You know, time is the most valuable commodity on earth. God calls us to redeem the time. These dialectics steal that. They steal our time. And then we spin out trying to get into these debates that were all orchestrated by Satan. When I used to be um, in full-time business, when you know my business pursued, I would study this, this uh, time management and these type of things. And one of the gurus had explained that this was before phones took up. I don't know what percent now, but it, it, at that time, really before the phone era, the average American from birth to age 70 watched TV for 13 years of their life. You know, and that TV is just designed to program us. And we have become programmed. We have been programmed to follow Satan's beast systems and uh, we are the boiling frog. And it's it's not too late to get out of the game. And I hope that each person watching and each person you share this with does in fact that. All right, let's go to the last slide, Don. So what's up next? So part six is we're going to talk about how did they pull this off? Uh, this seems uh, an unbelievable trick that was played on us, and they did it by the biggest psyop that I am aware of, uh, exoterically, which is the American dream. So we'll talk about that next time. Thanks for watching today.